0: Hello and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete
1: Torpy.
2: No one would have believed.
1: You see this? What's happening in the suburbs?
2: In the first years of the 21st century. Wi-Fi's not working. That this world was being watched keenly and closely. What's happening? By intelligences greater
1: than our own. In this week's episode, we'll be talking about a creative project where some artists not only are keeping themselves employed, but are also entertaining their patrons.
0: We'll speak with Mac Gordon, artistic producer of Theater in the Dark, about their upcoming live, virtual, audio-only presentation of War of the Worlds, and how you can join in this evening of creative live theater. But first for our tip of the week, this week's tip comes from Mac Gordon. It's kind of a cliched tip,
2: but when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. I think it's pretty... Great that we've had the opportunity to pivot and take this show that we worked really hard on writing and keep its integrity there, but do it in another format that actually invites even more people in to see the show. It's very accessible.
0: And it's specifically very accessible to people with vision loss, which represents our listener base. So I'm expecting you'll get a lot of participants from having done this show. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Success.
1: Success.
0: Let's start by meeting Mac and learning about his acting company, Theater in the Dark.
2: My name is uh, Mac Gordon, and I am the artistic producer for Theater in the Dark, as well as the co-writer of our
1: fall show, A War of the Worlds. And that's what we'll be talking about more in just a bit. But tell us a little bit about Theater in the Dark. So Theater in the
2: Dark started in, uh, properly in Chicago in last year last Halloween be 2019 now and I had a show that I had written in 2014 called Three Stories Up and I produced Three Stories Up in Vancouver British Columbia Canada where I'm from and we decided that a great way to do that show because it was Really, it was a noir show that was filled with description, a lot of figurative language. We decided that it would be interesting to do that show completely in the pitch black. So in Vancouver in 2016, uh, me and Marissa Smith, who was the director of the show at the time, went out to the dark table, which is a restaurant that they have in Vancouver that's run entirely by a blind staff. And they guide you into a dark room and you eat with your hands and you don't necessarily know what's in front of you. And it's a really interesting experience.
1: That's a new experience for people who are used to seeing everything they eat. Yes, totally.
2: So we wanted to translate that to theater and we put up a show. And we light locked a room and we would get everyone in the audience to put on blindfolds in the lobby. And then the ushers would lead them in, sit them down, put their drink into their hand that they bought in the lobby beforehand. And we'd turn off the lights and invite them to take their blindfolds off. So in 2018, I moved to Chicago and I struck up a friendship with a guy by the name of Corey Bradbury, who is a director. And I told him about this show. And we thought it would be a cool thing to bring to Chicago. And it was received so well that we kind of decided that we would keep on going with it.
1: Wow, that's really interesting. Were there many visually impaired people involved in this? Or is this just an idea that you had because you saw the restaurant in the dark?
2: Yeah, we have never had anyone visually impaired on our staff. But when we did the show in Vancouver, we had a reduced rate and we brought in a couple of groups of visually impaired audience members and it was really interesting to hear their feedback of the show that it was you know the first time that a lot of them had ever experienced the same piece of theater in the same way as other audience members might
0: as the artistic producer what's your role My role as artistic producer
2: is to kind of handle a lot of the creative side of the producing process. So we've got a team right now of five producers. We have a sponsorship director, we have a marketing manager, we have a front of house manager, we have Corey, who's the producing artistic director, and then we have me. So I kind of basically review and edit the content copywriting wise of anything that goes out I'm in charge of putting together events that will uh, get more people to come see the show which is difficult in this quarantine time so one of the things I'm working on is making a a podcast to run in conjunction with the show so that the podcast can sell the show and the show can sell
0: the podcast (laughs) Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill.
1: Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. This week's focus topic is Theater in the Dark's upcoming
0: production of War of the Worlds. Yes, that one that was written by H.G. Wells in 1898 and produced as a radio play by Orson Welles in 1938. But this is an updated version.
2: Theater in the Dark presents
0: It's a Cylinder And its opening
2: A War of the Worlds A virtual audio drama performed live every night over Zoom.
1: So you talked about doing this play in Vancouver, totally in the dark, in real time with real people. And how did you decide to do War of the Worlds as a virtual project this year?
2: So initially we were to do a war of the worlds in the pitch black as well. Like we did with three stories up, but because of the pandemic, we realized that we had a unique opportunity to pivot our work to the virtual in a way that no other theater companies seem to be doing, which was without a visual component. So it's kind of like a live audio play. And we decided that that would be a cool and exciting thing. And while, many other theaters in the world right now are canceling their seasons we had the opportunity to announce a season so we thought that that would be a really great way to make lemonade out of the lemons that life has given us
1: yes well it's a great choice because it was originally a radio drama a long time ago and quite a good one an exciting one Mm -hmm. mac you told us a little bit about how this idea got started Can you tell us a little bit more about how it's actually getting put together and now that you've had to modify your plans for doing it virtually as opposed to in person, how that all got arranged? Sure,
2: sure. So in May, we actually did a test run. We did Three Stories Up, which was the show that we had done live in the pitch black. And we put it on virtually for six shows over the course of two weeks without really much of a marketing push, just to see if there was interest and to see if we could pull it off. So Corey, as the director of the show, really went through and made sure that the Zoom was optimized. So lots of times when you're in a Zoom meeting with your office or whatever, People are cutting each other off. People's volumes are all different. Everything sounds kind of bad. But what we did was we figured out the options, how to make sure that everything sounded as good as possible. And it really worked quite well.
1: Tell us a little bit more about how this all works behind the scenes.
2: We run all of the uh, music sound effects through uh, Corey's computer and a program called QLab, which allows you to sort of um, program cues so that you can call them based on how the actors perform that particular night. So then we would also do some Foley stuff in our own little sound studios. And we kind of rigged together our sound studios for that show. I was in my closet speaking into a bunch of coats and things like that. I draped a tent of a blanket over top of me just to sort of deaden the room and make sure. That the sound quality is as high as it can possibly be so that it sounds like a professionally produced radio program, even though it's happening live on the fly. So for that show, I played like 12 characters. Bethany, my co-actor, played another like 12 characters. We both were doing Foley in our closets while Corey was running all of the music underneath it. Wow. So we have the same basic idea going for a war of the worlds except sort of on steroids because this time through we have four actors we've brought in a composer who's written an entirely original soundscape for the show we also have a sound engineer who's going to help us to sort of treat voices treat some of the foley and the both live sounds and recorded sounds
0: So you've mentioned Foley several times, and our impression is that the Foley mixer is a blind audience member's best friend. But can you describe what Foley really means? Foley
2: is basically sound effects. And oftentimes, it's really kind of creative and original ways to make a sound sound like something in real life. And lots of times, you know, you have a punch, like someone punching someone else, and you can't replicate that sound by punching someone every single night so you have to find creative ways to get that sound to come across as a punch so lots of times well in three stories up we actually had a full fight scene and in that fight scene what we did live in the pitch black room was while bethany was giving this long monologue while sort of pounding on someone i had a a cutting board and an apple, and some celery, and Corey had some other things, and we would work together collaboratively to smash the apple against the cutting board while the celery was getting ripped apart so that it would sound sort of like bones popping.
1: That sounds very <laughs> gruesome.
2: Yeah, that that one, the sort of the climax of the play was pretty gruesome in that one, yeah.
1: So this must take a fair amount of experimentation. I mean, Did you first try an orange and then an apple and then a peach? Or how do you come about (laughs) designing these effects and making them sound real? Uh, Yeah, that's a good
2: question. It is definitely a lot of experimentation. For punching, it was a little easier because there's a little bit more of a formula written up by Foley artists across the centuries of that art. Maybe not centuries, but since film has been around at least. So we had some other things that we kind of had to build. So for instance, there was a vacuum cleaner in one scene in that show, and we had to figure out how to make the sound of a vacuum in a pitch black room because you have to remember that the other uh, hurdle that we have to cross is that all of our performers can't see anything either. Everyone's in that same dark room together. So what we did with that was we actually found an Apple remote, And we managed to program in the on-off switch of a fan. So we plugged a fan in, turned it off with this Apple remote. And then when the time came for the vacuum cleaner to turn on, Corey, who acted as the stage manager for that show, would hit the Apple remote and the fan would turn on. And essentially, it would build in that sound effect for your imagination that there was a vacuum cleaner in the room but it also was a little quieter than a vacuum, so you could still hear the dialogue over top of it.
1: You know, we went to a very interesting museum in Canada a number of years ago, where they actually had demonstrations of all these Foley effects. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that museum, but it was a lot of fun to see. What museum was it?
0: I believe it's the history of television, and it's not far from the CN Tower in Toronto.
1: Okay, yeah, cool, cool. So I'm surprised these days that more of these Foley effects aren't done digitally with pre-recorded sounds. Is it still done manually, or is it part and part? I mean, that's
2: a really good question. That's a bigger question, too, because we could record the entire show of A War of the Worlds and play the recording every night when audiences come in. But there's something about that live, ephemeral feeling of theater that we think is an important ingredient. So for us, it's really important to do some of that Foley stuff live as much as we can because of the sheer fact that it's cool to do it live. And there's something that translates and there's some sort of transmission between the audience and the performers when everyone is there together, not necessarily in person with this particular show. But it's almost more interesting. We have performers... We have six performers for the show. Two of them are in New Orleans, two of them are in Chicago, and two of them are in Vancouver. So it's really cool that as an audience member, you could be in Edinburgh, Scotland, listening to four people coming to you from Louisiana, Illinois, and Canada, and take part in the magic of theater live together all at once in that moment.
1: You know, there really is a certain magic to that. I almost miss that. In the early days of TV, a lot more of it seemed to be spontaneous, whereas Mm. so many of these productions these days are so produced and all the glitches are out of it. It just isn't quite as real somehow.
2: Mm -hmm. Sometimes when something goes wrong in the show, it's the most exciting moment in the
0: show. War of the Worlds describes an epic battle between Earthlings and Martians. How did you represent the Martians?
2: So, the Martians is going to be one of our biggest challenges. We have to make sure that we're creating the sound effects so that in your dark room where you're listening to the show, you feel like a Martian has walked in and is right there with you. So, we've been looking a lot at some of the old radio plays of your. One of them is called Quiet, Please. And the story itself is called The Thing on the Forable Boards. And it's about this thing that's discovered underneath the earth. And without giving too much away, they tell this story for quite some time. And then you finally hear the thing. And when you hear the thing, your hair stands up on end. So we're using a variety of recorded music effects, as well as live Foley effects, to create what this globulous Martian is in the room. So I don't want to give away too much, but I think people are going to be delighted when they hear it.
0: So you mentioned how exciting and how much fun it is when something goes wrong. What happens when something goes wrong? How do you deal with that?
2: When we did Three Stories Up Live on the air, um, we had... Corey's computer his internet crashed at one point
0: oh geez because
2: all of the music was coming from his computer and any sound effects that were happening it just all cut and he was gone and bethany and i were the only other two people and we were playing these characters but because i have a producer role too when she got to the end of that line i just said all right we're going to take a quick five minute break because our sound has gone offline uh we'll be back online with that any minute now And then panically send text messages to Corey. And that was, you know, we had warned people in advance that there was a chance that that could happen. And it isn't a regular thing. We try to keep things on the rails as much as possible. And you kind of have to. But when that does happen, man, it is electrifying. I think it's exciting for the audience and for the performers.
0: You said you're portraying a bunch of characters in this version of The War of the Worlds. Could you Introduce us to some of them so that we can hear how one actor is representing distinct individuals?
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, I can give it a go. We are set to begin rehearsals soon. We haven't done it yet, so I haven't done a lot of in depth work. But um, so I, I play H.G. Wells as my main character that I'll be playing. And what I would do is just speak in my normal voice as H.G. Wells to kind of keep a baseline. And keep some authenticity to that main character who has to go through a lot of choices, struggles. You kind of have to be there with him. So you want him to be as real as possible. But then I also play like a couple of barfly characters. So for those barfly characters, you know, I might just sort of rasp my voice up a bit. And they've only got a couple of lines. So it's okay if it's a little bit more hard on the voice And then I might play like a character who's in Chicago. So our take on a war of the worlds is it's a contemporary adaptation set in Illinois, mostly in Chicago and some suburbs. So, um, When we're in the city of Chicago, we kind of are following the character of H.G. Wells' wife and H.G. Wells' wife's sister. But um, the two of them go through the city of Chicago as it's being invaded by Martians. And in the meantime, the other two actors performing that night will be playing the entirety of the city of Chicago. Oh, geez! So as they move through the streets, you know, you come across like a father character who's been separated from his daughter and he's kind of saying like, Janice, Janice, where are you, Janice? And you just kind of shift the pitch of your voice and you change up your speed that you speak at because that can help to delineate characters too. And we kind of have to go rapid fire between the two chorus actors in that moment to tell the story of a crowd
1: Oh, well, that has to be a challenge to switch back and forth and do it reliably.
2: Exactly. When we did it in Vancouver with an audience of visually impaired people, they brought their seeing eye dogs in. So one of the performances there, we had six seeing eye dogs in the audience as well. And that was very nerve wracking because they don't understand exactly where they're supposed to be in this room that they also have never been able to see. So I was very concerned that I might step on some little paws.
0: My impression is that when a guide dog attends a performance with its handler, the dog lies down under the seat and stays there the whole time.
2: Yeah, that was exactly what they did. And I wish I had been more reassured of that because there was nothing to worry about. They never got in the way. They never, you know, you sometimes hear them breathing a little bit heavily, but
1: hopefully it was the dog's They just won't clap no matter how good the performance is, though. (laughs) That's right. They might wag their tails. That's true. That's true. If I wanted to listen to one of these performances, what would I do? Would I go to your website? How does this all work?
2: Yep, so on the website, www.theaterinthedark.com, there is a ticket buying link. You can buy your ticket. What will happen is we'll send you an email right away with the instructions. And one of the instructions is that about an hour before the show, we'll send you a Zoom link. We also kind of set the scene for you a little bit. So the intention of the show is to be listened to in the pitch black. Even though you're not live in a theater, we encourage audience members to turn the lights out to dim your computer screen, to sit back and join us in your imagination. One, one of the real keys with the writing of these shows is that we want to ignite your imagination to make a production design that is better than any production design any theater in the world could provide to you so we use a lot of figurative language the language itself in the show is is very poetic it is very evocative so we'll send you the zoom link uh, an hour before the show actually begins we send you a drink recipe as well so you'll make your <laughs> drink you'll turn off the lights you'll sit in the dark we have one intermission so you can get up and go to the bathroom or kind of reassess yourself, and then turn the lights back off and listen to the rest of the show. Of course, if that's not your cup of tea, you can also put it on your phone and plug in your headphones and make dinner while listening to A War of the Worlds.
1: But it sounds like you really took care of the whole experience, soup to nuts for people, and are really going to make this a fun experience.
2: Yeah, that's kind of the idea is for it to be more than just a podcast. Cause you know, you can put on a podcast and go for a walk and listen to it, but we want it to be event viewing. We want you to be aware of the fact that there's 60 other people all across the world in the room with you at the same time. So in the zoom link, you can actually see just like, in this, you can see there's um, participants. So you can see all the participants who are there before you dim your computer. And after the show, we're going to do a Q&A for every single show. So we can kind of show you some of the techniques, some of the foley. We can answer some of your questions and interact with you so that it becomes more than just a radio play. It's a dynamic live audio experience.
1: Oh, fun. We've often enjoyed those talkback sessions that they have after some performances like that. You can learn a lot from the actors and actresses and their experiences, what they think of the play, how the interactions went and stuff.
2: Totally. And I think there will be more curiosity involved in this production because it is quite novel. Mm -hmm. And that will ensure that people have a lot of questions to ask. And there can be some good discussion in that Q&A afterwards.
0: How long does the show run?
2: The show itself is probably going to run around 80 minutes. The experience will be an hour and a half in total. We want to make sure to get people in and out in a a good amount of
1: time. And as you said, one can even take their drink into the theater with them.
2: Exactly.
1: Terrific. Mm Well, great. This was a lot of fun. I wish you success with this production. It sounds like it's a great opportunity to keep some artists employed during the pandemic and also an opportunity to reach a wider audience with your art. Yeah,
2: absolutely. It's very exciting to be able to hire actors where most actors don't have jobs right now. And we actually get the cream of the crop. Right. Because we can use actors from any city in the world. And most actors are currently out of work and looking for something
0: fun and original to do i'm very excited to see well not see it hear it but experience it yeah you are listening to eyes on success. Success, success 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 now for this week's final item how to learn more about theater in the dark and about their upcoming production of war of the worlds and how to contact them
1: So, Mac, remind us again how people can participate in this event and find out more. Where would you send them?
2: Yeah, you can find out more at our website, theaterinthedark.com. That's theater with an R-E, not an E-R. We've worked really hard on it so that it's kind of our main hub where everyone can go to find anything you need. You can find the trailers there. You can find information about the cast and crew. You can find descriptions of the story and background on how we made it. You can also buy your tickets there through the tickets link. It's super straightforward. And once you buy your ticket, we'll send you further instructions, including an hour before the show, the Zoom link to actually log in and listen to it.
1: And can you tell us when the show is running?
2: Absolutely. It runs from October the 15th until November the 21st. It runs mostly Tuesday to Sunday, although the first two weeks it will run Wednesday to Sunday. And it's at 8 p.m. Central Time, so 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern, and then a variety of different European times. But uh, you can find all that information on the website.
0: So that would be... Pretty late at night for the Europeans and maybe morning for the Asians. Can they watch it at a more convenient time? Is there a mechanism for that?
2: Unfortunately for now, because the show is live every night, when the show happens, that is the only time that the show happens.
0: Is there any other contact information which people should know about? Social media, telephone, email? Yeah,
2: you could follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at theater underscore dark. That is also our Twitter handle as well. You can follow my website is www.macgordontheater.com if you want to check out more about me. But our main kind of place is theaterinthedark.com.
0: And remember... Pay
2: what you can tickets available now at theater in the Dark.
1: And of course, if you missed any of that in the audio portion of the show, you can always find that information in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net. Nancy and I definitely plan on attending, and we hope some of our listeners do, and perhaps share their experiences on our discussion lists. We'll have instructions on our website how to join the discussion list if you're not a part of that already. That's it
0: for show number 2040. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about Judy Dixon's newest book, Capturing and Sharing the World, Taking Photos and Videos with an iPhone, that describes how you can take photos and videos even if you don't have any vision.
1: And that turned out to be a really interesting show. So we hope to see you then.
0: You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman-Torpey and Peter Torpey and distributed by WXXI Reach Out Radio.
1: You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net.